Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So this morning, Mark chapter 6, uh, I'm just so, so thrilled that you're here this morning. Thank you for making the choice to come and worship with us. Thank you for making the choice to get out of bed on a cold winter's morning uh, and come together so that we could worship God together and to, to jump into the Word of God. I believe that this will be a great encouragement to us um, this morning. Um, the, the, the message series that we're launching um, is um, finding it hard to understand God. In other words, sometimes God does stuff or doesn't do stuff that we don't understand. And that's what we want to be looking at over the next few weeks together. And a question I wanted to ask you this morning is this, have you ever had a time in your life when you feel like God wasn't making sense? You thought you had the right outcome, the right answer to prayer, but it just didn't go the way that you thought that it should. And you know, if I was to ask people individually, if I went right across the room this morning, there's a couple of hundred plus people here today. If I was to ask you, I would say without exception, there would be a heap of people here, probably many of us that have had things that have taken place in our lives where we've sort of gone, well, God, that doesn't make sense. So that's why over the next few weeks, uh, Sunday mornings, we're going to spend some time um, um, understanding why sometimes God does stuff and we don't really understand. To be honest, you know, I look around the globe today and we, we turn on the news during the, the, the morning or the afternoon or the evening, whenever, and you look at the world and the world isn't a mess, isn't it? I mean, there's not much good news stories out there today. We shared one this morning about Vanuatu. That's awesome. Amen. City serval, but there's not too many great things happening in the world, and, and often I sort of look at God, look at the world, and go, God, I might probably would have or would be doing things a little bit differently right now. When you look around the globe and you see all the mess that's taking place, but I come back to the thought that that God is in control. God has got a plan, and ultimately His purpose will come to pass, whether or not I can understand it or whether or not I agree with what's happening on the globe today. Jesus one day is going to return. Amen? There's no question about that. But how many of us would say at some point in our life we've prayed and it didn't seem like God was listening? Or you were waiting and waiting and waiting and, and it seemed like God was a little bit uncooperative, nothing was sort of taking place or then you experience the other spectrum, uh, the other extreme and you meet the person who seems to be always receiving answers to prayer. You've got one of those in your life. You just go like, you know, they pray in the shopping center and they get the perfect car spot. You know them. They're paying. That's you. That's you. Uh, they need new shoes and they just happen to be on sale. Praise the Lord. Or they become ill and they pray and they instantly get healed. And you know, you can meet people like that. And often when you meet people like that, you think to yourself, they're barely serving Jesus. And here I am, so faithful and they are really not. You know, you think that. Where is God in all of this? Where is God when it doesn't seem to make sense? But the question this morning we want to ask is this. What do we do when God seems inattentive? What do we do when you're praying and God doesn't seem to hear your prayer. I want to make a point about that this morning because I believe it's so important. A few points. Just because God is silent doesn't mean that God is absent. Emmanuel, God with us. He says he will never leave us nor forsake us. So we might be praying and thinking that God's not listening or God's not with us, but the truth is he is. Just because you may not hear him does not mean that he does not hear you. 
Amen? Just because you don't feel his presence does not mean that he is not with you. And this morning, to illustrate this, I want to look at a, a text of Scripture in Mark chapter 6. We're going to go there in a couple of moments' time, but we're going to look at this gentleman known as John the Baptist and a few things that we understand about John. Firstly, John was the cousin uh, of Jesus. Uh, we know that he was a right-out-there guy. I mean, he used to go around prophesying, and he was dressed in animal skin. Amen. Try that next Sunday morning. Yeah. We know he was that far out there. He used to eat locusts and honey. I've been in a locust storm. I've seen all that green snotty stuff on my car. How gross. But he used to eat locusts and wild honey. But he was incredibly popular with the local people because he was a straight shooter. John was known for standing for truth no matter what. That's the sort of guy that he was. In fact, it was this attitude of standing up for truth that got him into a little bit of trouble with King Herod Antipas. And a little bit of background of the story before we go to it this morning um, is, firstly, the thought is this. King Herod Antipas was married. He started to be interested in his brother's wife. They started flirting together. And Herod Antipas divorced his wife and married his brother's wife, who was named Herodias. John the Baptist was aware of this and started telling them how wrong it was and that the judgment of God was coming. Herod's wife, she hated John for this and wanted him killed, but Herod wouldn't touch him because uh, he saw him as such a godly and righteous man. So he picked the story up in Mark chapter 6 in your Bibles this morning. That's good, just pretend. The day is coming where we will pause to turn to the scripture and it'll be like a wave of paper. Something like that. Mark chapter 6, verse 17. We pick the story up here as we look at it this morning. God's holy, holy word. Verse 17, it says this. For Herod himself had given orders to John uh, to be arrested and he had him bound and put in prison. And he did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, it's not lawful for you to marry your brother's wife. John was getting right in their faces and telling them both how wrong this was. What you've done is wrong in the eyes of God. So the verse goes on. It says, so Herodias nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous, holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. So what have we got here this morning? What we've got is Herodias. She wants to kill John the Baptist. Herod's like, I actually believe he's a godly man, so I'm not going to kill him. I'll just arrest him. And if you just take a step back and look at this, what do we really have here when we start to have a look at it? What do we find? What have we got in John the Baptist? Listen to this thought this morning about who this guy is and what he represented. The first thing is this. The man did nothing wrong but point people to Jesus. His calling was to prepare the way for the Lord. Whenever anyone said, uh, we want to follow you, he said, no, 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 don't follow me, follow Jesus. He said, I'm unworthy to even untie the sandals of Jesus. He baptized people in the Jordan, he even baptized uh, Jesus in the Jordan. He was someone who stood up for truth. And here he is in prison doing what was right, standing up for Jesus. Amen? Good place to be. I thought about it, 
if I was John the Baptist and I'm standing up for Jesus, and I know that Jesus is going around doing miracles, what would you think I would think Jesus would do for me in that situation? A miracle for me? I'm standing up for him. He's going to come for me. Amen. That would be the thinking, wouldn't it? I'm in prison. I'm here because of you, Jesus. You're going around doing miracles, and I'm standing up for you, but I'm waiting for you to come and do a miracle for me. Wouldn't that be the sensible thing to think? You would expect so. And I wonder how John must have been feeling in this situation, knowing that what he was doing for Jesus and knowing if Jesus was coming for him, and then I think he must have questioned this thought here, because we see it in Matthew chapter 11. Was Jesus really the Messiah? Was he the one? And if not, why wasn't he coming to set me free? We would think that that would be the logical and the right thing to do. But as John waits and nothing happens, he sends some of his disciples to question Jesus in Matthew chapter 11. He's in prison and he's thinking Jesus is doing these miracles and he's waiting and waiting and waiting and no one's coming and there's no miracle and he's still in prison. Standing up for Jesus, standing up for the truth, doing the exact right thing that God would have of him, but no Jesus. So John, like many of us, probably starts to second-guess himself, and he sends his disciples. And this is what happens in Matthew chapter 11. When John, who was in prison, Matthew chapter 11, when John, 2 and 3, when John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John for what you hear and you see. That's what Jesus says to the disciples. Jesus didn't say this. I'm going to be there at midnight and we're breaking you out, brother. He didn't say I'm sending a band of really big strong men. Nick down the back would have been one of them. <laughs> I'm going to send a big strong band of men. They're going to come and get you out, John. Or John, be cool. I'm going to hire a lawyer and we'll get you out that way. Is that what Jesus said? He didn't say any of that at all, did he? In fact, the Bible goes on and look at what he says to the, to the disciples. <laughs> he says, go back and report to John what you hear and see. In verse uh, 3, I think it is, it says, The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Wow. That's what Jesus says to take back to John in prison for doing the right thing. For standing up for Jesus. It's not making sense. I want you to see what happened next. Jesus is continuing to preach the gospel. He's, he's out there um, proclaiming the good news, declaring the gospel. He's, he's healing the blind. He's um, raising up the dead. He's doing all sorts of miraculous stuff. And then we pick up in Mark chapter 6, verse 21. The story continues about John. And uh, you, like me, we're not going to like the conclusion of this story, but it's here and there's something for us to learn from it. It says in verse um, 21, Finally the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. So in other words, they're having a big party to celebrate uh, Herod's birthday. And you would expect they're probably all pretty tipsy slash drunk at this point. That's the party that they're having. They're all partying together. And then it says, when the daughter of Herodias came in, she danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. Now, I was thinking about the dance. It probably wasn't a barn dance. It 
probably, it probably, it probably wasn't a, a, you know, a, a ballet thing. It was probably more like a pole dance or something like that. It was probably pretty, pretty seedy. So she's dancing, she's dancing away, doing a thing. <laughs> Golly, oh, serious. I need to get another job. Crazy. So you get the picture. The dance was probably very, very lewd. So the, it goes on. So the king said to the girl, <clears throat> he's drunk, having the party, being, being aroused by the dance. He says, ask for me anything you want and I will give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, whatever you ask, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. Now remember, this is the daughter of Herodias, the one that hated John. Remember that. She went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask? She says, the head of John the Baptist. She answered, at once the girl hurried into the king with the request, I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed, but because of his oath at his dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her. So immediately, he sent an execution with order to bring John's head. But what took place right at that point, a big angel ascended from heaven, stood before that man and John and saved him. Woo. I mean, no, it was, uh, the, the, the man was walking down the steps and this massive earthquake took place. The whole place shook. And like it happened in other parts of the Bible, the prison doors just shook off their hinges and John just walked out. Would that be how he would have walked? <laughs> Bit of a swagger. I don't even know what that is, Matt, but anyway. Is that what happened? It's not what happened. Then he went and beheaded John in the prison and brought back his head on a platter. He presented it to the girl and she gave it to her mother. God's not making sense. John the Baptist served Jesus faithfully, always saying, I want to be less and I want him to increase. I'm even unworthy to untie his sandals to follow him. I'm here to prepare the way, repent of your sins and turn towards Jesus. Jesus had the power to rescue him and the guard went in to see John in prison and brought back his head on a platter. We look at this story and we think it doesn't fit my version of Christianity. What? That's not our Christianity in the West. Always blessed. Having a wonderful time. Ah, la, 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 la. See, we view this story, and we're observing it from our perspective and from our point of view, but this is what we do know about this story, is that John's desire was fulfilled. In other words, he was here to prepare the way for the Lord, and he actually did that. More so, what we recognize is that God's purpose was fulfilled, that the blind would see, the deaf were hearing, the gospel was being proclaimed, John baptized Jesus, and at that point, his ministry began. Get it? We see that John actually actually uh, was more importantly what God had purposed, what John had thought and what God had more importantly purposed came to pass. God's will came to pass, but just not the way that John had planned. We can think we know how things should pan out, but God has his ultimate purpose that will come to pass no matter what. And sometimes our lives... And what we think should happen 
doesn't necessarily go the way that we think. God, you don't make sense. But we've got to ultimately trust that God has a purpose. He has a purpose in the midst of everything that we go through. When it doesn't make sense, God has a purpose. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, it says this, For, the, for, for many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I thought this this morning, if, if you serve God long enough, if you live long enough, you'll hit one of those times and you'll go, why did that happen? Why did this happen? Why did that take place? God, you're not making sense. If you're around long enough. Yeah? You're around long enough. You'll go through something like that and you'll say, God, that doesn't make sense. But it's in these times that we need to trust God's purpose. You don't have to understand the plan to trust God's purpose. You don't have to like the plan to trust God's purpose. And the thought this morning is this. When faced with circumstances that are challenging, remember that He is still good. He is still good. Don't interpret the goodness of God through our circumstances. Interpret your circumstances through the goodness of God. Because God is always good. We believe that God is still good. He is always good. God cannot uh, be anything but good. We don't have to understand everything uh, to continue to trust in God because ultimately His purpose for your life and for my life will come to pass even when we're in seasons where life doesn't seem to make sense. Amen? Let's bow our heads this morning. Father, we just thank you this morning. As we're in this place today, you know each one of our lives, you know our circumstances. Sometimes the circumstances that we face can really rattle our faith, Lord. But Lord, we want to come to that place of understanding today that you have a purpose despite the circumstances that we are going through right now. Despite the difficulties that we are facing, we may be thinking in our hearts and our minds, God, this situation doesn't make sense. Lord, I pray today for people that may be in that position, really struggling with their faith, really struggling with trying to understand you, God, and why, why is it happening this way? Well, Lord, we just right now, we make a choice to trust you, to trust the purpose that you have for our lives, to trust the plan that you have for us. To know that God, even though we may feel that you're not with us, that we trust today in you, in your character, that you are God, Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, today, I just thank you. You know, this morning, just as we prepare to close the service, I know that there are numbers of people here this morning that are struggling with what's happening in your, in your life right now. You're asking the question, well, God, why? Well, can I encourage you this morning? Continue to remember that God is good and that if you continue to hold on to God, God will lead you through this season and at some point you'll look back at your life and you'll go, God, now I understand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Father, we thank you that you are good. Even when life doesn't make sense, you have a purpose and you have a plan that will come to pass. Well, every head's bowed and eyes closed this morning. If you're here today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, today if I was to ask you, are you right with God? You would say, no, I'm away from God. This morning, we would love to give you an opportunity to connect with God, to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, to allow God to fill that God-shaped hole that's in each one of us this morning. Only God can fill that, that hole, that void that's there. We can try so many things, but it's only God that can fill it. So while my heads are bowed, while your eyes are closed this morning, if you just raise your hand to heaven, to God this morning, and say, yes, Shane, before God today, I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning, if that's you this morning and you acknowledge that, would you just quickly just raise your hand? Say, yes, Lord. I thank you and I welcome you. Hallelujah. Just my last time as I look across the auditorium. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Well, <clears throat> amen. You may look up.